Just a few film nerds breaking out of a rut Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks And come and listen in, we're Measuring Flicks Hello everyone, welcome to Measuring Flicks, I'm Carl Hartley And I'm Max Peterson And you are listening to the first episode of Auto May Be All Happy Ladies and gentlemen, start your engine Dude, it feels the there was a weird shift that happened between uh, the last episode and this episode that we're recording right now. Like a shift, like a gear shift. <laughs> See, <laughs> and I wasn't even trying to do that. There was a seasonal shift that happened because it was like when we did Roxanne, winter was still clinging yeah, it was on. Freaking cold. It man. was fucking cold. It was windy. There were sto- like storms and happening and stuff. Winter was like not ready to die, and I feel like because I procrastinated. Mm. Um, watching the film that we're going to talk about today for so long understandable. that <laughs> spring actually started. I may have watched it sooner if you if I hadn't gotten that text from you that was like, like uh, you know, it was, a, it was a photo of a field. I'm like, what's this? And you're like, it's a minefield. And I was like, no, <laughs> Ew, oh no, yeah, that was uh, so yeah. So today, listener, um, thank you for tuning in to <laughs> listen to us talk about 1969s. The Love Bug. Everyone has a fantastic story to tell about his car. Now, get lined up for the one that tops them all. It's the story of Herbie, the screen's first four-cylinder star. Did you see this thing take off? One of your showboat tricks, Mr. Douglas. I tell you, I had nothing to do with it. Hey, we were turning. Groovy, Pop. Groovy. Walt Disney Productions, The Love Bug. He's a scrappy little beetle that adopts a has-been race driver and turns him into a champion. Dean Jones. Hold it, you two. I've done great with this little car so far, thanks to a few changes I made, and if you don't mind, some pretty fair country driving. Michelle Lee. You really think it was you winning those races? Buddy Hackett as Tennessee Steinmetz, a wizard with welded junk who digs the metal physical. I'm your friend. And unscrews the inscrutable. David Tomlinson. Tell me, what part of Ireland did you say your mother came from? Coney Ireland. <laughs> and Herbie shifting for himself against the supercars. No, Herbie! No! No! I demand that this thing is impounded and checked. I tell you, I tell you, there's more going on here than meets the eye. A mind of his own makes Herbie the soul bug of the love generation. Goodbye, Mr. Douglas. Wanna be, Chief? Oh, hey, hey, look, we have a little problem here. Would you mind helping the young lady get her car door open? Look, I'm busy. And furthermore, I ain't no mechanic. Help! I'm a prisoner! I can't get out! We all prisoners, Chicky Baby. We all locked in. When Herbie does his thing, it's the funniest thing ever seen on wheels.
Productions, The Love Bug. <laughs> Suggested for general audiences. General. I'm going to say that's debatable. That's debatable. No, wait. No, I don't want to watch another one for fuck's sake. <laughs> um, so that, listener, was basically all you need to know about Herbie the Love Bug. Honestly, yeah, that, uh, that did a pretty good job of covering like uh, every major plot point. More or less. Uh, there's no real reason to see the, f- the feature. Well, after a trailer like that. All right, so uh, yeah, I guess that would be a good place to start. So uh, let's start. Well, first of all, this this film, Disney picture. Yeah. Went to go rent it, and I was like, oh, it's on Disney Plus. Oh, look, it says like on the cover, it's Disney's The Love Bug. I'm like, oh, right on. And then I watched it, and I'm like, yeah, this is pretty par for the course for Disney. Yeah. I saw I saw um, uh, Peter Pan when I was a kid. Yeah, and those old those old, those uh, old Bugs Bunny cartoons. Oh my god! So, Carl, uh, this is directed by Robert Stevenson. Um, he's actually the cocaine addicted writer who wrote um, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde as well. I've I didn't look this up. I can't actually verify that that's true, and it seems unlikely given that Robert Louis Stevenson died well before Not this. Not the was same made. person. Not the same. But it's fun to fun to pretend. It would. I think it would have been explain a lot about the feature it's almost i'm gonna keep calling it a feature because it was a 1968 (laughs) disney picture it could be a picture it's a picture it could be a feature it could be a talkie it it is a um, A technicolor talkie techie talkie a troubling look at (laughs) the mores Um, of the age gone past 69 (laughs) sensibility starring dean jones as i said during the trailer uh murder she wrote's very own dean jones uh, Michelle Lee of pretty much I'm pretty sure all of the rest of my dreams for the rest of this week. Yeah. Buddy Hackett as himself, David <laughs> Tom- yeah, no <laughs> David Tomlinson, Andy Granatelli, Joe Flynn, Benson Fong, and then there's a bajillion other people in yeah, this. Yeah, this uh, is a very, very big cast. This is one of those like spectacle features that they like to do. It's interesting you say spectacle feature, because I kind of was reminded watching this of um uh, it's a long, 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 long. It's long a mad, movie. long, mad, mad movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that, and I was like, "This is not quite the same because they're not just bludgeoning us with cast, you know." Right. But it it does have that kind of like big spectacle comedy feel, mm-hmm. kind of like um, Blazing Saddles. Yeah, there's other movies where I feel like almost the point the point of the film there's like the stunt there's like the stunt vehicle where it's like, all right, this is an action movie just to show you cool stunt shit. Then there's like the comedy spectacle where they're like, we're gonna do a lot of stunt shit, but we really, we wanted to try and make you laugh at the same time. Yeah, we want to make it family oriented and have a very whimsical sort of almost fairy tale like. Did you think of Chitty Chitty story. Bang Bang at all? Oh, as of well, course, it's it? hard not to. Where Chitty Chitty Bang Bang isn't quite as sentient. This is more like the nice version of Christine. Oh my God! One of my first notes was the love bugs. Oh wait, wait. Bug takes him to that's no, I don't know. Um, Herbie, Herbie is, no, I have no idea. It's gone. But, um, somewhere in here, I have a note about how the car heals itself. Mm -hmm. So when the car's like definitely beyond mechanical repair, it still manages to like, you know, there's no, you don't even have to push it around. They just have to like make out in front of it. (laughs) Right. They have to, if it's upset, if it's actually, if it's emotionally 
damaged, it can't like fix itself. Because it's hot. It's hot, right? Yeah, but yeah. if if its human counterparts are treating him well, mm-hmm. and if there's happiness happening around Herbie, he seems to recover much more quickly. He does still need mechanic inside because she fixes him at one point. Right. Tennessee tries to fix him at one point. Because Tennessee they, welds the car back together as they're, as they're driving, driving it like at full tilt. Full so tilt this boogie. movie is definitely it's a stunt reel. I think this is one of those movies where Walt Disney wanted to see how far they could push a lot of practical effects and come up with gags and make them work live in camera. There's a lot of really bad um, back in the day would have been like blue screen. Yeah, well, it's there's there's and some the like compositing rear projection. is like really really horrible, but <laughs> but there's some always. stuff that's like pre- like you can tell is is actually shot in the environment pretty close to speed, right. and it's like it's all, most of the racing stuff. Yeah, like this this to me is another one of those films where the all of the stunt shit is like amazing. It's like unimpeachable. You know what I mean? It's it's freaking awesome. And at the beginning, I think it's interesting that in the top credits, they credit like all 30 or 40 drivers yeah. of all the stunt stuff. I think they're like fourth or fifth build to the stunt drivers, which was a that's a cool move to see yeah. that acknowledgement rather than like although does this one even have end credits or is this pre I think this is all pre credit cuz I think we get the like the the still card at the end right, with like right. the end happy thing and then it's over. So I guess good on him for not choosing to just screw over the right. stunt people like so often was done. Um, yeah, you know, I I have nothing bad to say about this movie's stunt work or stunt driving and the 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 practical effects of yeah. like the love bug falling apart or like pull- pretty cool, dude. It's so awesome. The 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 bit where Herbie, by the way, major spoilers if you haven't seen the love bug, and if you haven't seen the love bug, it's been around been you, around a minute. You so. might not actually have to watch this one. It's There's some okay to pass it. Let's just put it here at the beginning, and we'll revisit this little pin I'm gonna drop. But there's a lot of racist stuff in here. Yeah, not even like <laughs> casual. No, it's like, like part of the plot. Yeah, it's a major part of the plot a towards big, the beginning to the middle part of like act three. It comes in all of a sudden. There's like at like the hour twenty mark. Yeah. You're like suddenly they just shoehorn in a bunch of racism. Well they're like, however were we gonna get this car back? God <laughs> damn it. And then there's like a gong like yeah. and incense smoke wisps in and it's like hello I am Mr. Fong. I will buy your car. And they're like, and then that was pretty much that's the point. That's like the beginning of the end. Yeah, that's where the movie just starts to fucking feel real not great (laughs) not awesome dude there's definitely a uh, it's i think you're right it's it's right at the beginning act three where we've got that whiff of death it's after herbie like runs away exactly and then he crashes into like an asian market essentially and then it's like a hit and run thing and so yeah so the asian market's gonna sue the racing team as they should yeah absolutely ruin their their business Can you pay for damages? He's like, absolutely not. I'll take your car then. Yeah. And he's like, well, shit, but I like my car. Should have thought of that, bro. Right. And then he ends up kind of being like a sponsored race car driver yeah. for um for this guy. And they that, wear the symbols for yeah, the restaurant have, on their helmets. Right. They have the, the I, well, it's I not. I think it's the name of the company. Yeah, his him, yeah. it's like his because he has like I can't remember what it's called. It's like it, I swear to God, I think that the name is something. Do you remember what the name is? I don't. At the end, when they're like putting it on the glass, and it's like, oh shit, no, I don't. I watched this like a month ago. All right, so. I it's I f- almost feel like the name 
is kind of like questionable. Yeah, as well. probably. I feel like it's like like the yellow duck or something. No, I think it's like Uncle Charlie's like enterprises. Oh, I know it's ba- like I remember seeing it and just being like, man, they're just they won't let up. Mm-mm. They're just they're, they're just, just gonna on hammer it. that. And then you just... got the you got the pit crew and but oh okay we'll get to that later. Let's let's say the nice stuff up top. Let's start with the positives, Carl. The B- buddy Hackett can speak Chinese actually not offensively it was cl- i mean okay it is, it's highly offensive some of how the, he speaks chinese now let's talk about this in particular because i didn't i didn't have as much of a problem with the, okay so there's there's so many moments in this where the movie starts to say they like someone will right. start to say something or a, like a situation will start to develop and it starts and not pretty innocuous where you're like oh okay this this is like kind of like lightly questionable if they don't go any further. Right. But then they like go further and they go further. And there's, uh, we were talking about it a little bit off mic, but this is one, this is the, in the weirdest way, this movie is one of those movies where like everything is just like one, like one just, hair's yeah. width, breadth away, razor thin away from being like two I think the racist. best example of that in this film that I can think of is when Herbie won't let the girl out of the yeah, car. Yeah, the, the rape scene. <laughs> pretty much. And then it's Herbie drives up. them to make out point while she is like screaming to get out of the car. Right. It locks. He turns into a nice guy, kind of. Which Jim or Herbie? Jim. Yeah. They both. They both do. Herbie opens the door and eventually, eventually, right. but like, well past the point of it being okay. All right. I. Carl, I watched this. I watched the love bug through an unusual lens of like AI paranoia and like machine overlords and stuff, which got even crazier when Tennessee starts talking about essentially, essentially singularity. Si- singularities. Yeah. I'm like, man. oh shit, this movie's like really co- like Elon Musk probably some watched of shit, this. As a some kid. of my notes about Tennessee talking about like they. Like, the tech, the tech thing, and yeah, then the, who's who's the master of who, and who becomes like needs the other one. Where he's saying like they spend they spend so much time on their on fiction that cars. This is not all buddy hacking because right. I'm not hammered it's enough. Right, but, right. <laughs> but like it's like oh, these guys spend all this time fixing their cars, and they put parts in it, and they lavish more time and attention than they do on their wives, and that is eventually gonna you know some of that's got to seep into the parts into yep. the, into the machine, and you start thinking about like. Things like that, like Ghost in the Machine or gradually developing AI or in a weird occult way, putting time and attention into an inanimate object to create something that's sentient. You can either call that a tulpa or you could right. call that like sort of like a, a sort of weird personified hyper sigil. There's all sorts of crazy shit going on. I have to bring it up because it's on it's on topic. Okay. I finally started watching Westworld and that shit came out like four years the ago. The movie or the TV show? The television show, okay. the HBO it's fucking incredible. Write it down, Westworld. I'll give you my HBO Max password. Okay. Okay. But not don't really, tell, Carl. Cause... Don't tell the internet. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, but, dude, but it's, it's that sort of thing where we create this these androids to act like us. And they're, it's Is all it kind of like... Code. I've seen the movie. Yeah, Is it basically it's very a... much like that. But it goes so much deeper into the whole, like what does it mean to be human sort of thing. Right, right. And, you know, when does a machine stop becoming a machine and become something more than that? And it's, like, really fucking 
it's, really uh, it's something it's one of my favorite uh like philosophical ponderances yeah. like ghost in the shell and when you take it when you roll it back to something like the love bug where it's so not it doesn't look human it's a car it's a it's an old beetle right and it but it's it but it's there's something crazy but that that's be, it's acting like a human so like you know it, it, it i don't know well, it's so what fucking do you, crazy how how do you feel about its level of sentience let me read you my note about the so there's a there's a moment where the love bug has um uh, Michelle Lee and Dean Jones in the car they're going for a test drive cuz Dean Jones has gotten the car it wouldn't go on the freeway. It was acting all sketchy. So he's right. like, this car's jacked up. So she jumps behind the wheel to be like, uh, I can drive this car just fine. She drives it okay for a while. And then he gets back behind the wheel and it like goes nuts and it drives them to a like a really shitty, greasy hamburger stand. Right. And he's like, she's like, will you please take me home? And he's like, I have no say in this matter at all. He's also captive. Yeah. He seems like a little more chill because he's like, well, I get to keep spending time with this chick whose legs i was ogling earlier but uh there's less at stake for him in this particular yeah as always right and then because this is just how i watch movies now i can't just innocently watch this as like oh what a funny comedy meet cute i put myself in her shoes and i'm like this is horrifying she's she barely knows this guy at all he's been driving as far as she knows driving like an absolute fucking maniac all day because it's dark now mm-hmm. they've been in the car for hours and he's like just driving at a hundred miles an hour pretending like he can't steer and you're just trapped in the car with this fucking maniac and he's done something to the door and now the door won't open and you're screaming Sounds like for death help. proof doesn't it he's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's too bad if you were turning left you could have <laughs> you you'd have known for a while <laughs> yeah you wouldn't have had to, had to be scared for Six, seven minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of that. Yes, you're just going to have to be scared now. And she's fucking screaming for help. And like, can can you help this this poor woman? And the waitress is like, I'm already busy. And she's like, sh- th- she's pounding on the door. because like, please let me please. the fuck Now, I, you heard it in the trailer, and it's one of my favorite lines in the movie. The Honest, hippies in the van. I fucking love that moment, dude. It felt like... It felt like seeing... Now, I'm sure you could guess. Like, I did watch this movie a little bit toasted. But like... um. When she goes, help, I'm a prisoner, I can't get out. If you were in like a restaurant and a woman was staring you in the face and pounding on the glass and screaming, I'm a prisoner, I can't get out. And the guy- You'd find some way to make that situation I'd be, yeah, like that window. for that person. Yeah, like for, even if it's just like, hey, is this, are you joking or is this for real? Like, just check in. But no, what we get is, we all prisoners, cheeky baby. We all locked in. And then my favorite is when they're she like tries to jump across um uh Dean J- Jim's lap yep. to get out the door and he it's the weirdest fucking moment because he doesn't like get out of the way and let her go he grabs her mm-hmm. and he's like just wait a minute just wait a minute she's like let me go let me go and he's like shut the fuck up it's like it's it's like almost <laughs> it's really, that it's yeah. pretty raw and then he's like fine fine let me unlock the door and you're like. You asshole. So you weren't like, there's nothing we can do. You're like, don't leave, baby. The car doesn't want you to go. It's fine. Oh, my God. I know. And he's like, he's like, all right, all right. Let me let you out. And he goes, oh, I can't. I can't get out either. And then the waitress shows back up and just for. And it's supposed to be like comedy of errors type shit. But it's really just like. Seriously uncomfortable. Like you're watching like, like in it. If this was not Herbie the Love Bug, this would be like 
a date rape in progress is what you're seeing. And well, I couldn't see like every scene like this. Yeah. I was like, man, if this was in Christine, this would be horrifying. Context is everything. Cause yeah. like so much of this movie was very scary you, to me. You don't even have to change anything about just like the score. their performance, just the score. Right. And seeing the, seeing the car do some other nefarious things like run somebody over. It's or the difference like, between like, Help, help, I'm a prisoner. Right. Let me out. Hey, just hold on a second. It's the difference between that and like... Yeah. Help, I'm a prisoner. We're all prisoners, chicky baby. Yeah. You know, like it's... <laughs> um. So here's my note on that that made me... This here's one of the things I love about this movie, and it goes back into that singularity, like sentient machine thing. Yeah, I didn't watch this movie like, oh, this but this this little like VW oh, Beetle is like girl. feeding off of Jim's like standing up for it. This one time, it's like Jim stood up for it, and now this car has become like weirdly possessive of Jim. You know? Yeah, and it, so and it clearly is. It totally is because when he gets another car later, jealousy. it destroys it. Yeah. yeah. Um. I said Herbie seems a little pushy. Uh, it's like the uh, the Stanford date experiment going on here, mashing them, mashing Jim. Now here you, you can hear the moment when like the the weed the drugs over. kicked in, yeah. mashing them together like living dolls inside its iron confines, waiting for pheromones and adrenaline and their fear paced hearts hammering to do their chemical work. Insidious machine. Seriously though, someone help that poor girl. Right. <laughs> And then I love that the hippies have their little like coda moment when they're looking over at her trying to struggle out and the car like peels away. And the guy who told her that we're all prisoners, we're all locked in, turns to the other guy in the car and goes, couple of weirdos, Guinevere. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. Um, what do you think of now? We, we kind of skipped over how they met to talk about. Their first disastrous time together. Yeah, is it at the, is it at the auto shop? The kind of like the very luxurious auto shop where he is meets Mr. Banks for the not Mr. Banks, he plays Mr. Banks and Mary Poppins. Is when he meets. I'm an asshole. Yes, I'm a bit of an asshole. Prick. Yeah. Um. So who also plays the same character in every Disney movie. An asshole. Bed knobs and broomsticks. <laughs> Which I've never seen. Mary Poppins. I know I'm supposed to watch that one. I have seen Mary Poppins. But um let's let's go back to the the first meeting of Dean Jones and Michelle Lee. Really the beginning of the movie, there's not a whole lot going on. We start with a really cool stunt reel. The opening credits is all like dirt track racing. It's Jim driving. It's fuck yeah, it's Jim's driving a car. Jim's crashing his car. Jim's bummed that he crashed his car. You right. know, it's like that, but you can't take it away from those stunt drivers. That opening sequence, they I love that they escalate the crashes, too. Yeah. Because if you watch the first couple, they're just kind of like fender benders, kind of nicking each other. But by the end, there's some hard T-bones yeah, in they're there. They're plowing into each other pretty hard. There's cars flipping. It's it's pretty impressive. I, I you know, I have some nostalgia for dirt track. My dad used oh, to yeah. take us to dirt track all the time. And it was, we never, I've never seen anything like this where they're doing like the intercut tracks and stuff. I saw a lot of turn left. And it was pretty, past. it was pretty wild shit, man. Cause it was a little bit of like destruction derby with like a race element involved. Yes. Yeah, it's, like, it's such a, it was a weird thing to, it was like rollerball. Kind yeah. Of, but yeah. Yeah. It's like death race 2000, yeah, but dirt exactly. track racing. Um, 
and the cra- the crashes were great. And then we so that so basically his car, his cars all get trashed. He's run out of money. He's getting older. And yeah, people, he's about washed up. People keep pointing out that they're like, "Why don't you go be a mechanic? You're a great mechanic." Yeah. He's like, "I'm a driver, goddamn it!" Which that starts hitting close to home when you're watching. You're like, "Huh? I'm a writer, goddamn it!" You know? <laughs> yeah. Um. And then if only Jim was someone that you'd want to like, you know, latch on to and could see as a hero, but yeah. he's just not at all. He isn't, is he? No. What's how's the, what's okay? So he meets Michelle Lee, and we how does how do we meet Michelle Lee? She's putting up a sign. May we direct oh, your attention God to these? Damn it. That's right. So it's a sign in a short in a store window that says, "May we direct your attention to these?" And because she's standing behind the sign and hanging it up, her gams right below the sign are her legs. Now listen, man, I'm not gonna say Michelle Lee doesn't have phenomenal legs, but I think it's kind of in poor taste to have the first. Our meat cute is him staring at her naked legs. Yeah, and then he tries to like. He goes around to like kind of try and see around the sign, but if you watch his eye lines, he's not really looking to see if there's like what the face looks like. No, the signs. no, he's he like, wants to get a little more up the yeah. He's like skirt he's area. Like, now does the I skirt think. start there, or is there go? Is there more to? Is there more to go? Oh hi, she startled me. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little pratfall and maybe mm-hmm. win a little. And then they're like, oh, it's cute pantomime, but I just I don't know. I don't know, man. It was a little. <laughs> I think that was another moment where Danielle's like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. I'm like, hey, ogle these. I don't know. I know. It's, but at the same time, I think it would, I would be totally dishonest if I was like, and I didn't want to be looking at that beautiful woman's beautiful legs. I mean, I looked at her legs. Totally. So did I. But thanks for making me do that movie. Now I feel all <laughs> shitty about myself. <laughs> I feel dirty. <laughs> um, so he goes in to, to buy a car. And okay, now I didn't. We didn't do the thing we'd normally do at the top of the episode, which is like, Carl, how did you oh, first? My, my note is just legs in all capital letters with an exclamation point. So yeah, apparently. May I we was... direct your attention to these legs? Yeah. Just the the sign is what makes it egregious. If it had been like the classic, like you know, he looks over and we get the yeah, like ooh, look at that, and you're like, ooh, with a little bit of oh wow, look at the legs, and then you you know eyes up here, champ, and then right. or whatever. But instead, it's like. We get that extra little bit of... It's something about the fact that the movie is using advertising in itself. Like, it's it's right. it's marketing her legs to us. weird extra layer of... Yeah. It's it's very commercialized mm-hmm. in, a, in a way that feels uncomfortable. It doesn't land in 2021. No. It doesn't. Not even a little bit. The legs look great in any era, but the presentation is just way <laughs> off. Um, so he goes in, and now... So when did you first see this movie? This is a childhood. I was a kid. Yeah, this was a Disney clamshell that we would rent from before it was even family video. Yeah, it was a gas station that got turned into like a rental. But eventually, eventually expanded. Okay, so now Carl, how do you feel about the pacing? Because this movie comes in at an hour and forty nine. Feels like four hours. I remember being a kid. Yeah, and like always wanting to rent Herbie. For the end, like I feel like we would fast forward until we got to like the Monte Carlo thing, like when the last the race. big the big race, and it's about a thirty minute. It's a good chunk of movie that's that is that last race. They give it its due, which is great, and a lot of the pr- best practical effects and the coolest stunts are packed there. So this... I feel like we were doing snack time and playing and doing other games while the first part of this movie. It's like, kind of fluffy. 
it's real just not interesting. There's a bunch of snoozy stuff in here. A lot. I'm Most gonna... of it's Buddy Hackett improving. <laughs> See, the thing that made me like doze, want to doze off is was... Jim and um and Lady. What the no, fuck? No, I I can't remember her name. It's uh, it's Weird. no, it's Jim ch- chasing down. It's so, like slowly chasing down Herbie across the entire city for like 20 minutes. The only thing great about that. Is all of those fucking matte paintings okay. are ridiculous, fucking thank man? Thank you so much for saying it. Here, so I Ugh. I was having real bad, like um uh uh not the Mac, the other one, the good one, the Black Caesar. Yeah. I was having like Black Caesar flashbacks where like the movie's rocking, the movie's banging. Then he gets shot in the guts and he just staggers around New York for so long that you. Wanna- that happens. That is exactly what happens here. It's cooking. He gets kicked in the balls yes. and then has to walk around the city for 20 minutes. Right. It's like, Herbie ran away. Where are you, Herbie? I'm coming down this alley. Herbie, where are you? Um, wait, are you Ten down this other alley? Beautiful fucking mat shots. Now, but that's the only thing that saves that at all is yeah. these are some of the most impressive matte paintings I've ever seen. Because they aren't, they, they aren't realistic. It's this weird sort of... Not even comic booky. They're they're the almost a pastel. It's almost uh, like a Bruce Tim yeah. and Batman the animated series yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. like there. And I don't know why. Like who was someone was working on like a it, Maltese Falcon remake or something? It fucking works though. It's so noir because you because you have a car that is sentient and doing weird and funny goofy things. Sure, seeing a matte painting like that pop up doesn't feel weird it fits dude some of them though i'm with you that there's definitely some where you're like ah look at that matte painting but then there's others where you're watching and it's only like right before the edit that you're like oh is that a painting and then it cuts you go back and you're like fucking a that is a beautiful matte painting and they i mean as i'm saying it now i know why they use the mist it's to blend to blend the the, painting into reality exactly there's one one matte painted background in particular that i was like it took my breath away well there's two actually the first one just for its sheer fucking size there's that one like kind of long shot where he's walking across the street and he's not very big on the screen man he's like an inch tall and no shit there must be like a three-story map painting behind him that's easily like a hundred yards wide that's insane it's gigantic and and some of it is set you know there's like set is hiding some of it and stuff but but just seeing the scale and realizing, like, okay, yeah, a lot of this is shot on a soundstage. You forget that, like, when Hollywood, back in Golden Age, well, back Walt in this Disney era. Disney Studios, man, they're just. Uh, dude, they had bucks and they had big, big spaces to work with. Like, yeah, imagine the, the largest air, like, airline hangar you've ever seen and multiply that by like 10 right and, and then, that's the studios that they're working and then in. they're like all right now fill it with a matte painting you're like yeah. i can't even imagine like the amount the amount now of time build a coliseum and let's have a let's have ben hur right like, let's build a coliseum yeah, exactly. inside our soundstage yeah. like this the scale the scale of that shot was amazing but then there's another one that's a little more intimate it's like looking down the alley and he's coming towards us and there's there's like fog happening and there's two there's two street lights like glowing in the background and then as he's walking I'm like you know the shadows from those street lights are like not quite behaving properly mm-hmm. and also the mist a certain distance back isn't moving and it was again it was I had no idea that it was what it was until the very end of the shot and then I went back and like watched it again and I was just looking back there and it's a matte painting with two 
like um, street lamps in it, and I can't tell if there are real street lamps right, yes. in the painting, which I think is what they did, or if they're just blasting with spots, those two, those two particular, and that's why oh the light God. isn't reflecting perfectly off. But it's it's amazing because they've incredible. incorporated light into a gigantic ass <laughs> map painting in the background. It's fucking great. You, I can't take a single thing away from the production. Too bad it's 20 minutes of boring shit. Yeah, nothing happens at all, though. Herbie! <laughs> Herbie, where are you? Herbie! Although, can we say... Herbie, where are you? Herbie! Can, can we both agree that Herbie screaming as he's dragged away down the alley uh, is... It's a little uh, awkward. You know what is fucked up about harrowing. this movie, dude? It's rated G, but the next thing that happens after that is Herbie tries to commit suicide. Oh, fuck. There's a straight, yeah. like, suicide attempt in this movie where he's like, Herbie, don't do it. You've got so much to live for. Oh, he's, he's on a bridge, and he's jumping <laughs> yes. off the fucking bridge. He's, like, teetering on the railing. Now, how Herbie got onto the railing, I mean, I guess we've seen him do a couple wheelies. He's, he's done some, like, he did not. He's, he he says, physics, go fuck, go fuck yourself. Eat my balls, eat physics. Eat my balls, physics. Says Herbie. Neil deGrasse Tyson, <laughs> you can eat my Herbie butt. Jump in the passenger seat, and I'm taking you over the bridge. Uh, well, so like. And he almost takes fucking Jim along with him. Well, he there's there's like a weird, dark, fucking bleak moment where it seems like, like you know, Jim is like, Herbie, I can't hold on anymore, Herbie. I'm going to need you to pull me up soon, Herbie. And Herbie's like. Fuck it, I'll just go out with you. You go, we go. We die together. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jim, you were special to me once. Now you're special to me again in death. In death he's like, we will live eternally together. Herbie, I thought you'd sound a little different than that. You thought. Oh. Herbie sounds like dogs. Sorry, maybe they should go in their in their crates. I have a second dog now, Lorna. She just made her podcast debut. But yeah, man, like, Herbie is like this bleak... Yeah, he's kind of okay. So Herbie is kind of a dick. He he clearly has no respect for women. A soulless uh, machine, man. Like. Yeah, and I think that that's sort of where I he he's behaving in a way where that he would expect to be doing the thing that the human wants them to do without right. any sense of like morality, right or wrong, or propriety, or, pro- yeah, or exactly. like restraint. You know, mm-hmm. he, like Herbie in a weird way is kind of like not quite. I, I maybe hesitate he's to like say, tapping into some sort of like id with the person that it is like linked to. See, I was going to say id, but not to get too in the weeds with like the no, different. Fair. But I, I would say almost I would say ego. Rather yeah. Than id because yeah. like it is just the primal urges. Like right, this just would be in, more like ego where if he senses that Jim is attracted to this woman. Right. That would naturally say, well, then I'm going to try and get them in a position where he will be able to. And maybe that is enjoy the, this person or whatever. Like, I don't know. That's a That's a thing that pops up a lot in like sentient machine flicks, which is which is robots have robots kind of are absent the id because that's very human, which is right. like. So, for example, let's use Dean Jones wanting to fuck Michelle Lee the entire film, but really wanting to fuck his car and using Michelle Lee, who has mechanical prowess, as a surrogate for fucking his car. Right. Wow, what a troubling film this is, Carl. <laughs> yeah. But you know the the worst part, worst best part about the Love Bug is I gave it three and a half on Voodoo. I'd watch. I'd watch this again. I didn't. I didn't hate it. I like. What, like I said, when you came over, you're like, so how long today on the episode? And I'm like. Well, Herbie was 
it was pretty okay. <laughs> right, like, yeah. <laughs> there's, it's not in any way a bad movie. No, this for, I mean, for, for someone to watch it a ton as a kid, I mean, it's just like, it's steeped in nostalgia. For sure. For me. For sure. I can totally see how seeing this But it's like, why, young, we talked about this during The Jerk, the Steve Arndt month with right. the, the Muppet show. Like, it's the same th- sort of thing where I feel like there almost needs to be some disclaimer for not necessarily the... Definitely the the racism. You almost have to do. I I was just listening to Dan Carlin today. He uh he did a great series recently called Supernova in the East, which is his like current one that you can get on Spotify. Mm-hmm. It's all about Japan and World War Two. And he says right up top, and I think that we've been doing this with the podcast for years, and I think it's the right way to approach it because you can't. I I feel like it's detrimental to the the broader conversations that we have in this country to sort of brush aside troubling things from the past right. or like you know like okay so hey we're gonna talk about mark twain today do you pretend that mark twain never wrote anything that was that that in 2021 looks weird or do you try and contextualize it because creating context can can create a broader understanding right. so i think we've all i think we've been doing it the right way which is kind of the dan carlin method of saying hey folks so what we're going to talk about today happened in 1969 so there's going to be a lot of race talk because that is just something that's in the film that occurred. Yeah, yes. and yeah, and I, you know, like there were there was definitely moments where, as I was taking notes, where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna just skip this note because, you know, that you you can hit like the you can hit like a couple of right, but you don't need to dwell on the shit, right? Right. There's enough in here that this could this podcast could just be like a and here's why this movie's not okay anymore. Right. But but at the end of the movie, that's not what I was left with. What I was left with was like. Like that, man, did they think differently back then? But it, yeah. it, it, there's a weird tenor to the, to like the questionable stuff in this movie where, for example, Buddy Hackett talking to, um, the Chinese business owner in his like native language, it's start, they, they keep hitting this thing over and over with, with, uh, the Tennessee character where he's like, I, I spent, I spent time, I spent in, years yeah. on a mountain in somewhere kind of Tibetish, you know, like, yeah. And I, but there's, but he, that's how he knows about all the see. This is the fucking all the mysticism and things. And that's the weird thing. Okay, so actually, here is exactly the weirdest part about this movie with Steinmetz. Um, he's always talking about his time with gurus, right? And you're like, mm-hmm. okay, well, this is this this guru thing is is gonna be troubling, you know? Like, oh, he's a he's a white guy. He did he pulled the Beatles? Yeah, you know, he's a white guy who went and got him. Now he plays a sitar. Okay, yeah, he went to an ashram and he's like, man, everyone just needs to mellow out, man. You know, like, it, okay, we're gonna get into this weird like. I found an Eastern religion and that separates me from you, which actually Jim does point out repeatedly. He's like, he just got off a UFO. It's like, no, he just encountered an Eastern religious view that, that jived better than the weird consumerist one that's tearing you apart, Jim, you know, but, um, but yeah, Jim is very like negative about his time on the mountain, but watching this, just this afternoon, I was like, you know, like, but he's Buddy Hackett seems to have or uh, Tennessee seems to have like some pretty interesting perspectives on stuff. He does, even and though he seems very much at peace with himself. He's happy with who he's, he is. He's the most jovial of all. Well, it's Buddy Hackett too. I mean, it's right. hard he's not the to, comic but, relief. Yeah, but like he's yeah. I don't know. He he hmm, he seems the most true to himself. He's, in the, besides Mister Aber, Abernath, Abernathy, whatever Mister Thorndike. Thorndike, right, right, right. Thorn dickhead, thorn piece of shit. Um, <laughs> but I, I feel like Tennessee is like the most actualized and fully, yeah, fully, um, d- 
when I say developed, I don't mean the writers developed him. I mean, as a person, he is the most person of them all. Be- I would agree a, a thousand percent. And I think a lot of that owes to the character work that's coming from that time in the mountains with the guru. Yeah, absolutely. So here is a good example of why at the end of this movie, I'm left feeling, you know, like fairly happy rather than like, oh my God, <laughs> right? what the hell did I just watch? Is so, you know, Tennessee's... He, they're about to lose the car. The, the car, or, uh, Herbie's going to go to auction and be sold off to cover the damages of. Um, uh, I can't remember the guy's name. Do you have your thing open? I just it's, have my notes. It's the guy who's played by Benson Fong. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's the, they crash into Benson Fong's business and they're going to sell Herbie to pay for the damages. So he, Buddy Hackett goes, wait, wait, wait. Before you know, Jim, before you, you give up hope. You got to talk to him in their own language. And you're like, he's kind of like alluding to some like weird mystic. Like, yeah, it's like it's almost it's akin to like, uh, but you can't use a man's tongue to slither with the the great dragon of the east. It's almost that, but not quite, you know. So you're like, all right, there, this movie so many times had me going. All right, let me see where you're going with this. Right. You know, you're not imme- I'm not immediately condemning this, but I'm like. You have thirty. Like, yeah, I'm watching you. You got movie. thirty seconds yeah. <laughs> to move this in a direction that's not fucked up, and oftentimes it does. I actually like this scene a lot. He goes over to um, Benson Fong's character and is and starts speaking to him in I'm assuming Mandarin. Oh yeah. So, as he starts doing it, you're like, oh okay, well, the performance is a little, little questionable because it's it's very big. You know, it's like. Dong Chang Wa Oi Ka, you know, like that's how he's delivering yeah, these a, words. It's very much a parody, but or I, a or a caricature more than a parody. I would. Yeah, it's, and and some of it, some of it, I I kind of read some of that, and I think it was partly just me being kind of forgiving, mm-hmm. so that I could continue. Is to Buddy watch Hackett being goofy? Yeah, like well, part of it's also like that that the Western speaker of it. We don't speak other languages very well, right? Yeah, especially like um, especially languages like Japanese. Like right. we're, I've been trying to learn oh, Japanese. So hard, man. It's, do you know that that for, as far as like speaking speed, Japanese is the fastest language on Dude, the planet. I, I was getting a, I was getting a corner on some on some stuff like some conversation and then I, I'll watch one episode of any show anything or I'm just right. like I don't f- that is so fast You're like, all right, I'm gonna watch this at one third speed and th- I mean yeah we were getting the same thing watching anime and I'd be like oh that word means white right <laughs> that one means blue yeah, exactly. House. He said house. You know, like it's he said death. He said death. <laughs> that means it was a part. Is part of a sentence. The, the I don't understand any other part of it though. Right. It's like just a. It's just a. Yeah. This is just a like a punctuation, like a punctuation word. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> You're like it doesn't actually. It's not really a word. But as I much picked as it as out. Like a formality. But I heard I it. I picked it out of the crowd. Yeah, yeah, man. yeah. <laughs> You're like Ohio. Yeah. Good morning oh, to yeah, you yeah, too. Yeah. Rizu. Oh, you're making dinner. Awesome. <laughs> So it's some of that, which is like, you know, Westerners trying to speak like Asiatic languages can kind of sound doofy, which Buddy Hackett definitely does. So watching it, I'm like, oh, Buddy Hackett, you just push that needle like yeah, a little like, further. <laughs> Dude, that, this movie just it's always fucking with you. It's like, can I go a little further? And you're like, don't you do oh, it. Don't you don't you're gonna, you do you're it. Tweak 20 jewels, bro. <laughs> yeah. You're like, you're ah, 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 and then it'll back off. It's like it. It it walks a fine line, but in this case, especially because uh, um, Mr. Fong doesn't respond, 
and that's the actor's name again. I don't know the character's name. Right. Um, but he doesn't respond in kind, you know. He speaks normally. Mm-hmm. So I actually like that exchange because it shows that what Buddy Hackett is doing is ridiculous. It's acknowledge- It's not saying like, and this is how Chinese people talk. If He's- he, if the... If Mr. Yes. Fong would have in turn been that, oh my God, what is the movie with uh, Peter Sellers where he plays the? Like well, just Breakfast at Tiffany's. Breakfast at know? Tiffany's, like, yeah. It's just like if he came back with that, it would have been like, okay, well, this movie is right, clearly like, right. My it, this this podcast would have a different t- like if he right. had responded in or if he you know he's in a, he's just in a suit and tie mm-hmm. you know like I almost expected because of the way that this movie was kind of. A approaching its asian characters that we were gonna get like mm-hmm. here he comes out of the shadows in his like kimono because if they were going yeah hat, if know, they were like, going to because he does eventually drop the other shoe and speaks english right which is it, i like i like this whole scene man yeah. i'm telling you because because they do talk back and forth in mandarin which you know it's not just buddy hackett's being goofy buddy hackett's character spent enough time overseas that he can actually fluently communicate with this guy and they end up communicating fairly complex ideas yep Yep. because he reveals oh i'm a car fan this is herbie yeah this is herbie that oh this is the driver right oh this is the driver he's jim oh awesome and they start talking and there there is like an undercurrent of he's going to like approach this you like i'm going to talk to him on a higher plane because we are mm-hmm. kindred spirits because i've been over on this mountain for a hot second which right. is again iffy but but it ends up he turns the tables back on him um and mr fong ends up being like oh my god how about this forget the debt i just take your car mm-hmm. and then of course you know tennessee's like fuck <laughs> I did uh, not, that is that is not what i meant all right jim good news it's not going to auction anymore Bad, Bad news. news. He's, He's buying the car. He owns the car now because you're welcome. Yeah, I think. Yeah, they. Uh, so anytime you give me a raise. Yeah. Don't say I never did nothing for you, buddy. By the way, yeah. we work for him now. Yeah, we're. He's our new boss. I think he's a mafioso, and that he is. I think. Right. Yeah, I think so. I feel like there's some. They. There's some laundry happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Uh, Mr. What's his name? Dyson. I want to say Dyson, but that's a vacuum cleaner. It's, <laughs> it's Mr. Thorndike. Thorndike. So, like, when Mr. Thorndike approaches Mr. Fung with, like, hey, man. Um, I'll give you $2,000 for the car. $1,500 Well, or he whatever. says that to Jim. Right. But when he goes to Mr. Fung, he's like, hey, man. Uh, so I heard you own that tiny little car that I really want. And I've also heard that you own many businesses that you've acquired by... I'm sure. I'm surely legal means, and they kind of and the the look that Mr. Fong gives him is like ah, mm-hmm. tread carefully or you will go into a dumpster in exactly. five different plastic bags. I don't <laughs> think Mr. Thorndike is completely above water either. Fuck no, dude. You know how many times he? You know how many charges of attempted murder you can slap oh this guy with? Oh my god, at least. Four dozen. <laughs> we're in, yeah, we're in like a full a race with a car that's notoriously fast, and he has his co his like co driver oh like, God. hey, did you loosen all the yeah? Did you undo all the, the brakes and the pistons? Did, the did you cut the brakes? Is the gas tank full of? Exp- did you put that bomb in there? <laughs> like I asked you to. They they literally like loosen the lug nuts on two wheels that fly off while the car's driving. Yes. And then he intentionally Thorndike intentionally slams into Herbie a couple of times, mm-hmm. like. 
I'm just going to give them a little love tap off a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> and it's only because it's a Disney film that's rated G that we don't end up with, like, you know, mangled just corpses hanging in a... flesh. <laughs> yes, dude. God dang. Like, they're just but... saved by the rating. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Well, it's... I think Mr. Thorndike is, like... I, I love to hate him though. That's that's the that's the joy of of this particular actor and and like Mr. Banks, you end up loving in Mary Poppins because he has his whole journey as a dad. Sure. Like like Thorndike is just a cock the whole time. <laughs> it's a hundred percent true. He never gets any better. No, he's pro- he's actually probably worse at the end. I think you're like, right. I do his, think you're his, right. his journey is to be worse than he started. He's like Ben Stiller's character in Heavyweights. Absolutely. Like at the end, he's just walking on b- broken this, glass yeah, and screaming dude, at He you. started just being a, he's just an asshole to start with. And by the end, he's a homicidal fucking Full enraged, on. like just beast. Yeah, he's like, he's. There's, but, but still with the guise of like the gentleman, because that's. Who he thinks he is. I don't even know is. if it's the... No, that comes... That falls to the wayside as it's well. It's just the British accent. Yeah. It's like if David Rowney tomorrow became a supervillain. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah. he was just like... We all went over and we're like, hey, hey, David, how's it been? How's things at the winery? And he's like, I robbed a bank yesterday <laughs> right. and I had to shoot four security guards. But he would say it like... You know, like... <laughs> Right, well, yesterday, I went yeah. down for the bank, and I had to shoot four security guards because I was that's robbing clo- the bank. That's closer to Dave Rowley. Yeah, you know, but, like, if he said it, like, the first guy, you're like, oh, my God, my friend has become a supervillain. But the second time, he's like, I had to kill four fucking security guards. You'd be like, <laughs> David, that's wild, man. Yeah, I know, right? Well, hey, I brought You want to this... go watch the boat that rocked? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I, I brought a Bordeaux blend for you. Oh, and all's forgiven. I see you've got some chicken wings over there. Is that a stack of money and is that a head on your table? You have a severed head on your table. Right, I was thinking about sending it to the police. Sort of as like a message, you know? But then I was like, I could just skin it. <laughs> and you're like, Wow. Well, have you have you had these thoughts? I love having artistic <laughs> yeah. friends. He's just always working on something. You know, it's the British accent. It just and excuses. You know, a, a, a fantastic. Uh, uh, he 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 can pick a good wine and he could cook like a motherfucker. So right, and that's what you'd remember. You'd yeah. leave and you'd be like, one hell of a cook. Was there anything weird about that exchange? Do you, do, I, I mean, I don't know. Like the choice of, I guess I should have brought a different wine. Any weirdness was on me. Why did you bring a white wine to a pig roast? Of course, because David, he's so cultured and gentlemanly. And, you know, meanwhile, he's like in his bathtub with like a, a rain slicker on skin and humans. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I saved you an edit point. Thanks a bunch, buddy. You're I appreciate welcome. it. You're welcome. But no, it's. I think it's Thorndike's posh British accent is the only thing that makes him seem even remotely cultured after yeah, he... After all of the shit, he's just... Oof. Right, like even even some of the earlier parts, he is just such a cock, He's dude. a cock. Well, he has some pretty fuck... The, the, one of the lines that I wrote down... When, irritating woman. I hate yeah, that woman. That he's always very just insipid with the way he speaks to and about her. Very mean, It's yeah. horrible. But one, when... When Jim 
and her they're they're like sort of they they've got a bit of a banter going right right he says that the he makes them they're socially they're not socially compatible yes he's like very into the like you're not part of my echelon exactly gym, you know he is he is expressing the one percent back in nineteen sixty eight what in the fuck yeah. there's a line like early on I think it's in like the first bit where he kicks the bumper of the car you know mm-hmm. and then Jim gives him some shit and that's when Herbie imprints on him and becomes the psychopathic Pretty much, yeah. fucking singularity <laughs> those, act those twilight <laughs> oh like, my god have you seen the one where the uh, werewolf imprints on the baby i'm gonna be honest with you i've okay, never i never well, saw a twilight movie carl there, that's the only movie moment that i've ever actually second guessed my love for movies in general because that scene was so <laughs> fucking jaw-droppingly like <laughs> awkward I, and what the fuck is happening I, right now i mean i knew about the imprinting thing from it the internet on a baby i know it's weird and the performance is so like oh no <laughs> so your eyes the way your eyes just did yeah is, is, should i watch should i watch the twilight flicks with me Okay. Really stoned. <laughs> and with Danielle too, because she will just it's gonna be fun for her All to right. see us both like be just whoa. the two the two like hypercritical film watchers watching yeah. the Twilight films. Yeah. The first one's not bad. See, I've heard I've heard that too, but I'm so skeptical. I will I think that you and I Yeah, we need this to get out summer. Of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um so how so one things that I one thing that I really like in this movie is basically this is the Fast and the Furious before the Fast and Furious because almost every race is for pink slips. Yep. The whole fucking film through. Absolutely. Like, it's between Thorndike and Jim. They're yes, like, all dude. right, we're racing for pinks. Right. Exactly, dude. Like Jim, Jim will come in and he's like, well, let me tell you something, Mr. Thorndike. I've got a deal for you. <laughs> That's actually fifteen fifteen hundred dollars. Dude, someday I'm going to get my Dean Jones down. Like I, he is oh, in. I do I know there is uh, there is sort of like a, something like this there. It's like there, and, uh, you know, I'm a good race driver. No, listen, this li- I did a damn sight good a little bit of country driving. You know, That's I don't have close. any I don't have any problems with this little car. This little car's done good by me. But I, me. yeah, <laughs> a man without his a man without a car is just half a man. It's, it's like, a little it's a little bit like Jim I'm almost Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I'm okay with that. I like my car. <laughs> But he, he literally will like Thorndike's like, and now I've owned your car, you fucker. <laughs> and Jim and Jim like, oh no, but you don't, Mister Thorndike. Yeah, he's like, well, you don't understand, Mister Thorndike. You, know, you seem like I'm. It's pretty much just Jimmy Stewart at this it point. Is. But yeah, I'm okay fine. with. I mean, Allison, you know, paddles. <laughs> oh, that's another bridge scene where someone falls into the water. It's true. I wonder if there's a connection there. Probably not. Just I think a lot of I think bridge suicide was more common in the sixties. In the sixties, <laughs> suicide by bridge was much more common. Dude, back then. the uh, the Golden Gate rate is finally starting to slacken off after they put in um, like electric more, fences, more like, cameras, yeah. higher fences, their security safety nets. They'll shoot you on sight if you get out of your car. Do they to really prevent re- you oh, from oh, you're joking. That would be a joke. <laughs> I was like, no wonder the rate's gone down. Right. The They're all just go- like... Hey, Siri, Golden Gate Bridge homicide rate. <laughs> <laughs> They've gone uh, up uh, a lot, actually. As, uh, as you it turns know, out. actually, we're, we're, we're quite pleased with the results. The uh, the suicide rate... We've got a runner! <laughs> got him. Not a single <laughs> suicide this month. 
<laughs> you know, like it's how many body bags we tagged this month? Forty-seven. All right, keep it up. Good job, boys. Good job, boys. Quotas fifty. Get on back out there. We got two days left. We got two more dudes to kill before they kill them. It's the twenty-eighth. <laughs> Don't you look at a calendar? I got the mayor up my ass <laughs> about <laughs> these suicides. <laughs> I gotta walk in the mayor's office and tell him why. <laughs> if you make me walk into the goddamn commissioner's office tomorrow and tell them why we didn't kill two potential suicides before they jumped in, we had two days to do it. Two days! I'll hand you your badge. Alright, I'm authorizing overtime for the entire. <laughs> I want shopshooters on weeks both. From retirement. <laughs> Getting too old for this shit. Oh my god, that's Lethal Weapon 8. They're bridge shooters. I've been <laughs> I've been shooting so many jumpers I started thinking about jumping myself. myself. Oh, what a and weird then twist end, because you know Martin Riggs in, in Lethal Weapon 1 is suicidal right, and wants right, to right. jump and then so you it's know, Murtaugh this, that kills himself. Oh my god. For sure. It's well, just no, like, the, the, this, like how the coming full circle where, where now you you shoot people that are trying to kill themselves. I I just can't deal with my family anymore, Riggs. <laughs> my wife is a, is a five time like number one novelist. <laughs> the kids are all on crack. <laughs> I just I'm getting too old for this shit. What kind of shit are you talking about, Murta? I'm talking about life, Riggs. Life, Riggs. I'm getting too old for this <laughs> life. <laughs> you're not high. You're not high. because when he do, he'd be like, "You're not high enough up, Murta." All right. right. No, he comes over to him and he's like. He's like, I've been ready to go since the first time I saw you. I've really just been holding on for you, you and the family. And then they look at each other, and they he, he reaches out, and he grabs his shoulder, and he goes, on three. Oh, <laughs> oh they three, two, one, go. They three, two, one, go. And then oh. they jump off the bridge, and they fall through the air. That's kind of beautiful and poetic, and I sort of See? love it. And now it's like how I rewrote Die Hard like 5 three, to make two, it one, good. Go. It was like the Thelma and Louise ending, but for Riggs and Murtaugh. Riggs and Murtaugh, yeah. Now, see, that was a comedic bit, but you could actually have them do something similar as long as their death meant, like, a, someone else would be saved. Even if it was something as sim- simple as, like, you know, buying time. It's like, I will blow the- up the building unless you two jump off a bridge. And, man, Herbie the Love Bug's just not that great, eh? <laughs> did we segue into talking about a fake movie that doesn't exist? <laughs> Again, we did do that. That we is did do that. That's, that's usually the... Uh, um, the alarm yeah. for, oh, maybe this. Time to burn notes. Um. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what that sound means. Time to burn We've notes. We've now entered our fun lightning round. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go through mine because I don't know what some of these mean. Hit them. Can I say one really quick because I already yes. crossed out and I don't want to forget it. Um, pet peeve slash favorite thing about old car movies. Anything with an oil slick. Oh my Her- god! If yeah. Herbie's oil was really coming out that black, no fucking wonder that car is falling apart. It was apart. cooked, dude. That car needs an oil change. It's so black. It, it is, was like crude oil. It, it hadn't been refined. No, yet. it's like thick too. It's like it was still part dinosaur. If your car is filled with like Hershey's chocolate syrup, <laughs> with like. The, yeah, even the, that has too much brown in it with for like, this. Like, yeah, like the ichthyosaur teeth are still in the <laughs> exactly. fucker. Like, no, it's still bubbling. You gotta swap that. And actually, I think you go full synthetic because there's that's a high mileage vehicle that you're yeah. running here. Oh, it's a fucking Sorry. trench vehicle for Christ's sake. <laughs> burn, burn your nose. Well, they're 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 feeding it off of like army surplus crude. Oh my Barrels god, army what if? Crude. <gasps> Alternate Herbie the Love Bug. Her, what if Herbie was originally a trench vehicle in World War II and somehow, like, 
like like a soul became well, like a let's see a 69 45 it'd have to be very old yeah and it's the wrong model but maybe like maybe in like okay so christine well, they talk about <laughs> switching parts and stuff yes out. okay so the original powertrain was yanked out of a volkswagen from oh the like my and it was like God. a third reich vehicle and yeah. that's why he's doing his weird human experiments where he's got him like trapped in the car and he's like Will? i must see what happens here yeah he's like i'll say herbie it's good to have some all american uh, german engineering underneath i will he's like, show you if i make your friend will the female and you fuck each other. <laughs> I've cut off your Johnson. Sorry, just just watched the Big Lebowski together. So oh my god, I, got the I was the highest I think I've been in about five years. I couldn't. Oh god, I, I couldn't. It. I ate a whole, a whole <laughs> bunch of celery, like a whole. Like you go to the store and you buy a large bundle of celery. Dude, were, I ate all of it. You were crunching so happily throughout that for whole an hour flight. and 40 minutes. Amazing. It was the only thing uh, keeping me even a little bit grounded. <laughs> the moment I, I stopped you. chewing. I warned you about Jenny. Bro. I was so fucking high <laughs> that the fucking celery tasted milky. <laughs> you know, you guys know it'd go good with the celery cup of coffee. Oh my god. And at one point I look over to Danielle. I'm like, you really do love me, don't you? Like I made was making these connections. Like she does love me for like ever, ever, ever. I'm so lucky. That's that's not Benicio del Toro. Who is that? It's <laughs> Vin Diesel. No, ah, no, no. It's uh, oh, it's uh, John Tortoro. <laughs> Matt, you when you the said Jesus. it's not, yeah. Nobody fuck with the Jesus. Oh, well, as soon as I said it wasn't, you couldn't think of the name. Yeah, you're like I took it. I stole it from you. Yeah, you're like it's not Benicio del Toro. I'm like he's right. He's right. Oh wait a minute. <laughs> wait, fuck. Is it Benicio del Toro? <laughs> it was. It was for a hot second in my brain watching that movie. He was suddenly everyone, but no one. I at was the same Benicio time. del Toro, like watching that movie. <laughs> the, and I think it wasn't helping the way we were watching it, like on sort Dude, of like on the ceiling. We gotta put and um, relounge. We're gonna watch every movie. At we my have sister's to house get that another. Way. We have to get another movie night on the books, like Moy Pronto. Like next week, let's do it. I'm gonna burn some notes because I don't know what some of these mean, Hit and em. I think sometimes they're funny. Mm-hmm. Can't not think of a thick ass Disney clamshell VHS case and the run of flicks we used to spin like crazy when we were kids, even though they were old then. They still felt new to us mm. and that's the thing about movies like herbie when we came around to them when we were renting them this movie came out in 1968 we were watching it in like the 69. early 80s yeah right yeah yeah so this movie was already 20 25 years old it was an oldie when we watched it but it, oh, these flicks felt still felt new like you right. could watch like back to the future how old are you this. talking here you. For me, yeah, yeah, I probably uh, 77, 87, like eight or nine. My sister would have been like four or five, okay, right? Yeah. So they, they all still felt super new. Well, we weren't allowed to watch a whole lot of like new movies either, but you would watch something that just came out, like E.T. or um, the new Indiana Jones movie, right. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes. You watch that, and then you watch Herbie, and they don't feel very dissimilar. There's not this huge leap of, um, cinematography or special effects they're they're still very close in the way that they were making movies where now there's been such a leap 
from if we watch something from 20 years ago, right. there's a vast difference, and it doesn't age as well. Any Marvel movie, and then you watch like the first Blade, or like Daredevil, or yeah, something, and you're perfect like, perfect example, yeah, like, perfect holy example. fuck, that looks like shit. There's a there is a weird time in American filmmaking, and obviously every every single era has amazing films. Absolutely, like you can go all the way back to like Nosferatu. That movie's great. a thousand percent. A lot of those movies are boring as fuck. Nosferatu is great. You can always find gems, but I honestly think that from like 2000 to 2010. Mm-hmm. Now again, obviously there's still movies winning Oscars, and we're not even talking about like foreign films. There's a shitload of awesome foreign films from the 2000s barely even scratch the surface tons of indies but i'm just talking like broad strokes you sit back and you're looking at like the decades yeah you know you're like you know the 2000 to 2010 was not that fucking kicking nope there was like there's a jankness especially to like 2000 to 2005 like early 2000s soon as you got past the late 90s and got into that weird 90 i would say if like 98 99 into the early 2000s sure sure was like that was the bridging into that weird decade of just kind of garbage yeah it's like and a lot of that garbage i love for sure like you know i mean final destination it's fine i was just like studio churning yeah there's weird shit it feels like you know what it feels like? It feels like the last vestiges of the like the artificial comic book bubble boom. And what I mean by right. that is in the late 90s, there was this whole huge um, uh, craze in the American comic book publish in American comic book publishing to publish like multiple variant covers of everything you put yeah. out. And here's a hollow cover by a different artist. And this is a limited edition. And there'd be like 10 versions of every issue of every comic. And what was happening was people weren't reading them anymore. People were just collecting Buying them. Buying the variants, yeah. And the quality of the comics from that time period, with a few exceptions, of course, like shit like Sandman was coming out during that bubble, and Sandman is genius. But, like, the quality that's getting pumped out in these variant issues is just is shit. Mm-hmm. You know, like, people were just collecting... People in a lot of in a lot of cases, creative teams were pumping out stuff as a cash grab to to cash in on this short term bout of enthusiasm for this mm-hmm. particular product. I feel like that's American filmmaking in the early two thousands too. Is like, how fast can we make this? We've just discovered this new tool of CG. Now we can cut all these corners and make shit faster and cheaper, but it all looks like shit. From pre to post, six months. Let's do it. Yes, shoot dude. it. Shoot it. Shoot it. It's yeah. like, all right, and uh, what are we gonna make this week? Oh, let's make Gothica. Let's shoot Gothica. I mean, like it's like a yep. two week shoot. I mean, I'm again not a movie that I necessarily hate, but when you watch it, you're like, yeah, this isn't that great. This isn't right. good. You know? Yeah, I dig it. <laughs> but no, I I love what you're saying about um that this movie feeling new. I was I was just remembering the first time that I saw Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, that was like I was probably like nineteen ninety six. I was like six years old, seven yeah. years old. And when I saw that, I, I had never. It's the beauty of seeing stuff for the first time, even as an adult. Like when I show people Midsummer, I'm mm. like, "You never seen this?" And they're like, "No." I'm like, "I am so delighted to be in the same yes. room as you while you watch oh, this for the first time." Right? Yes. It's one of my God, favorite feelings. Damn it! Man. That's when you know you have a movie that is. 
that is your movie. Yeah, I just w- just sat my brother down and got him to watch God Good Morning it. Vietnam for the first time. Oh. Never seen it. He's like, I love Robin Williams and I like Vietnam War movies. And I'm like, and you Let never me show saw you this? Some Adrian Cronauer. Yeah, dude. Welcome, welcome to the party. Oh um, my sorry. God. Continue with your yeah, absolutely. Um, so the sight of Buddy Hackett always makes me want to watch A Little Mermaid and The Music Man. Mm-hmm. For obvious reason, Cr- uh, press kelp. It aerates your liver. <laughs> I just love Buddy Hackett and how he says everything. Because uh, you know that he was the uh, in the Little Mermaid. He voiced the um, seagull. He's the seagull. Yeah, he's the uh, the. That's a snuff black. Humans used to sit around and stare at each other all day. Got very boring. <laughs> like that was that was Buddy Hackett. Uh, anywho. Um, <laughs> I like Buddy Hackett's iconic cup of Java, asbestos gloves, and a blowtorch. Yes, an Irish yes. coffee, fucking primo. He is eating the grossest sandwich: thin ass wheat bread and a bunch of not meat. Somebody must have been eating a very disgusting sandwich at some point. I like Tennessee's philosophy and how much time, money, and attention we pay to machines to make them think that they are somebody and how they treat people differently depending on how they feel about them. Claw machine versus the traffic light was the was the great sort of the the epiphany that he had the the claw game machine that would always win him the things but then the traffic light would always stop him right because he was nice to the claw machine because he would win toys out of it right but then he would always curse at the traffic light for stopping him so the traffic light would always stop him right so it's it's a very zen philosophy yeah you know and i like that he always put it in his terms as far as his own experience and his experiences made sense for him they fit with his character he's bizarrely woke he kind of is like i don't want to say like he's kind of like he's he's more awake than than everyone else in this and he's so fucking goofy low level enlightenment almost with him like and they they keep trying to have jim play off his his sort of like pontifications as being like well you're full of crazy talk you crazy fucker who's crazy right you're like jim i don't know though i think maybe he's just thought about some shit and you just keep avoiding every avoiding problem every problem <laughs> don't be um i wouldn't belittle this guy if i were you i'd maybe like just pop a squat listen to some shit that he's saying exactly um so this and ghostbusters are the only two movies that i can think of where the main characters live in a old firehouse is it is it the only two it may be i don't know i just i found it very is it a firehouse it's an old fire station because there's even a fire pole in it and some of the bays look very much like ghostbusters and part of me is like i wonder if reitman in some of their production design was a fan of like the love bug in the design of the fire station in particular. In, or do you, so it could be just like, or this just is what like fire stations, fire look, stations like. look like. Yeah. Okay, okay. Because the old fire station in New York in Ghostbusters was an older fire station as well that had been like dilapidated and shit. So right, they right. would have been like similar eras, I think. Let to go to shit. The Irish coffee is leaning much more towards Irish than coffee. <laughs> I want to drink Buddy Hackett's Irish coffee. So there do was I. like. I don't know. Two tablespoons of coffee, and the rest was whiskey. Smidgen (laughs) of coffee. I and you know what? Like anyone who's like, oh, we're gonna make we're gonna make some Irish coffees, and then they leave out the can of whipped cream. Yep. You're like, wow. Oh, we're we're gonna drink Irish coffees. You didn't make each of us an Irish coffee. Like we're now we're now drinking. Irish, Irish coffees. coffees. Yes. Got it. Okay, okay. We're not gonna put this back this in the is, fridge. This is your day now. Yeah, we're no, no, no. We're done. 
what? No, I'm yeah. This is for this is for mouth shots, and then for the next round and the next round. Okay, now Thorndike does have a good line in the Irish coffee bit, like terribly sorry about what happened to your hand, old man. I do apologize. He's so fucking hammered. He just sprays like up his He's right. arm and his sleeve. I, uh, that felt improv to me because the timing is all fucking weird. But And you can almost see a little smirk on Thorndike's face like, mm, keep it together, old how, chap. How keep fun it would it be to get to do like drunk physical comedy? With this is my one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. Riffing with Buddy Hackett? Is, Buddy Hackett and Thorndike that Irish coffee scene where they're both kind of getting a little fucking shitty. And I would give Buddy Hackett a nom for best drunk or high acting, but I think he's actually a little bit lit in the scene. So I think we can't (laughs) quite like, we can't quite give him the nom for that, but it's like, it's not so much best drunk. It'd be maybe outstanding drinking in a motion picture. picture. Absolutely. Yeah. We should make a note of that. I I think make the note because I I fucking love that scene. How much is $1,500 in today's money? Was I mean, it? I would still take just the $1,500. The fifteen, I think he keeps, Thorndike keeps offering him $1,500 for Herbie. Right. Like it's a ton of money. It's like I would take $1,500 today, just $1,500. But I think $1,500, 1968, that's, a, that's quite a chunk of change, right? I that's... sold my last 2003 Subaru Forester uh, for a crossbow. So I Fair would enough. I would take fifteen hundred dollars for a vehicle. I would take five hundred dollars. <laughs> I'd be like, wait, you're gonna give me real money for this car? For actual actual money, not a <laughs> not a silent weapon that is great for a zombie apocalypse. Uh, yeah, which I sold to my brother for money. So that was that was. <laughs> Hose your family when you can, Carl. Uh, the last really note that I have that we haven't actually spoke about or already, or that I don't think is sort of funny on its own, mm-hmm. um, is. Um, that a lot of this too, especially the third act with all of the the racing scenes, seem, feels to me also a lot like old Hanna Barbera cartoons. Dude, yes. Like so- especially when they they would have like the races between all of the Hanna Barbera, um, like classic characters yeah like yeah, yeah. snidely whiplash and and um tarzan and jane or whatever and and scooby would actually like show up every once in a while i and feel now tell me if i'm crazy but i feel like i remember speed racer having weird crossover episodes yeah would absolutely once it got to like u.s television yep speed racer was in one or two of those we're gonna have a race for the ages with yogi bear and and they, right, they would be like right. multiple episode like there would be like six episodes of these like huge like bro- across the world race. Yeah, featuring. it's like when Scooby Doo met the Three Stooges. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, I I remember this now. Um, so I have I took a lot of notes, man. No, that's I got, fair, man. I got like way into it. So, but they're they're fast notes. For example, here's one. I hate Jim. I think. Pretty. I don't like him. I've, <laughs> he was he was another Disney darling. He's been in a bunch of shit. I like and Dean I, Jones. I like Dean Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't like Jim. Well, the thing, the mo- the first moment where I really soured on him, because p- part of it is like his like weird refusal to deal with, you know, like they have to trick him into admitting that really it's the car and not right. him. Um, this like posturing, this crazy ego, all are just unattractive qualities in most people anyway. But the thing that really got me is without a real car, I'm only half a man. I was like, if that is the value system that you're starting from, yeah. you are going to have to go a long way for me to to really empathize with you. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not, I'm not, obviously I'm not like a huge car guy, but my brother is a huge car guy. 
you know, and I've got friends who can tell you like, oh yeah, the intake on, on that car was this and the, the cubic centimeters, I don't know any of these terms, but like even the most hardcore car guys I know, I guess actually this is probably just because <laughs> I find that, that particular mindset kind of awful, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like, when you define yourself by and look, I, who doesn't love a 1968 Chevy Camaro or right. a 69 Stingray or a, you know, I mean, me personally, I like me an early 70s Carmen Gibb, and that's just the kind of guy I am. I'm a 1968 Hemi Barracuda kind of guy. Well, there you go, man. You see, you got like you put out a, just a cherry GTO right out front, and it's like Max, it's all yours. Ah. I would, I'd take, I mean, I'd take the car, Carl. Let's no, not be absolutely. stupid. But like, <laughs> but it's, you know, like I wouldn't from that day forward be like, I'm, defi- I'm defined by this. Vehicle. Yeah. I'm Max. I'm the guy who owns the GTO or like I'm a driver, but maybe that's, maybe that's that. A lot of people are like that though. I know. I know. And, and you know, maybe actually now that I'm saying it out loud, maybe I shouldn't come down so hard on Jim for that because, because he does identify very strongly as a driver. Yeah. That's would, what he has. That's his thing i i mean i yeah actually you know what shame on me um as a like i'm constantly like oh yeah i've got this 50s you know i've got my 50s underwood typewriter upstairs i've got an electro and beautiful right like i i get really into my gear as a musician because because that's your thing because i'm a writer writer. yep exactly jim is a driver i'm not a driver so i'm not getting his i'm not on his particular trip but I shouldn't judge him so harshly for really loving the tools of his trade and mm-hmm. identifying strongly with them. So yeah, let me roll th- roll that back. I I still don't like Jim for other reasons, but that line suddenly made sense to me yeah. as I said it out loud. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, now I might not have a mad thing for cars, but I do have a mad thing for women in coveralls wrenching on them because my God, when Michelle Lee zips into those oily coveralls, Sorry, and all right, let's starts- fix Herbie. Starts cranking that wrench, man. I was, I was cranking my wrench. It was a beautiful moment. It was, it was, it's, it is definitely an aesthetic that I have a. You know what I think? No one's like, oh, a girl's going to fix the car. It's just known that she is a fantastic mechanic and can speak to vehicles. She's like the car whisperer. I like the reveal too. When she's like, she's like, oh, that Jim Steinman or whatever, you know, Steinmeier. Well, he's a magician, but. Right. (laughs) Oh, that Jim so-and-so. And he's like, what? You know of me? She goes, yeah. I'm a motorhead. <laughs> well, she, she doesn't know him, but she knows all the cars that he's the wrecked. cars, yes. And you she, wrecked a McLaren. You wrecked like a, yeah, she goes Yeah, you, list. you scattered a McLaren all over the track at blah, 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 blah. And like, you can see him. At Laguna Seca. <laughs> yeah, his little like eyebrow goes up and he's like, my God, she knows mechanics. Yeah. Legs and a black thumb. Is that what they call the? Uh, is that what they call the in Mad Max? Gams and cams. Gams and cams. Fuck, Carl, that was good. Thank you. That was very good, man. Yeah. I get one per show. <laughs> Impressive, sir. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of liked the Galleria of emphysema heaps when they're just walking through trying to figure out like, does this car sound like the car that ran through your thing? Every single horn is like, <laughs> they're all like a weird auga. <laughs> I'm just waiting for one normal like, but as they're going around, no. it's like, all right, well, how's this one sound? No, that's not the one. One more? Nope, nope, not it. What's this one? Uh, uh, nope, <clears throat> not 
that one either. Where, where are we? Exactly? <laughs> uh, none of these are cars. <laughs> none of these are cars. <laughs> are these all? Turn the lights on. Oh, <laughs> oh my, my god. god! These are all torture victims. It's bad, dude. Like, the <laughs> where did I put my finger? <laughs> I was just laughing my ass off the whole time. I'm like, every one of these cars is a fucked up one. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, uh, the bear in the car. What do you think of the old bear? <laughs> we didn't even talk about the bear in Thorndike's car. I forgot about the bear in the car. Um, it's goofy as shit. It's now I'm gonna say it's a shark. It's a bit of a shark moment. It they is. jumped like, the bear in the car. Yeah, no, the, dude. Because <laughs> you you have the pay mu- attention to the goddamn map, oh Wheatley. God. Can you not read, man? But I don't know. It's hmm. have you ever thought of getting a manicure? <laughs> It's really stupid. But you know, I'm with I'm there with but you. It's, I kinda love it. They too, jump though. the shark, but I don't yeah. hate it. It's like it's like Harry and the Henderson stupid almost. Yes. You know, where you're like, This is pretty dumb. And I th- I feel like they know that they have gone too <laughs> far because they keep it going a little longer than they should. And it's just that bad. They're yeah, it's like a family guy bit almost where you're like, This is dumb. This is dumb. And then it continues. But they're gonna own it. And, and it they're continues. gonna run it out longer than And it just should. continues, and you're like, all right, now, all right, now this bear is a little funny. Alright, I see what you're Dude, doing. okay, when the bear's trying to wake him up, like <laughs> shake him awake so he can drive the car, that's pretty fucking funny. My cheeks are kind of aching just from thinking about it, actually. The early bear shit is dumb, but now that I'm <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, dude, when he when he black when Thorndike blacks out and the bear's like, oh, wake up, we're gonna <laughs> die. <laughs> Shake his shoulder. That's pretty fucking bro, funny. Bro, wake up, bro. Oh, God. Are you ready to go yet? Oh, my God. I got a wife and cubs. <laughs> I saw this car jump off a bridge once. I don't want to die like that. Um, the sniper got him, though. All right. A, a one moment. that. For, okay, Carl. This is one of those weird moments where I have to I have to do that thing where I like try and walk the edge because it is a bit problematic, but I just laughed like I was going to shit myself. <laughs> It's when they're fucking gassing up Thorndike's car at that like slowpoke gas station. And the the numbers are rolling super slow. It's bad though, because every time it hits a new gallon, every time you hit the gallon mark, it's it's like an it's like an Asian gong. gong. Yeah, it's like like all right, what are some Chinese sounds that we could play instead of a normal ding? ding, Because you know about a gong. It kind of feels like the SNL bit where it with um um oh god acting thank you what's my name Carl <laughs> I'm an actor and my name is what the fuck is his name I don't know what you're doing <sighs> there's a there's a famous SNL actor and he there's he had a he had a bit once where he dressed up as a Native American and he walked over to a door and it was like an SNL skate sure you know? yeah so back in the not probably in the '60s, let's say, what? and his name is John Lovitz. Ah, that, that's actually a good. I should have picked it up by that. <sighs> I was his famous thing is acting. Thank you. So I was trying to do that, but John. So John Lovitz has a bit in old SN, in old SNL skit where he walks up to a door, and he starts like knocking on the door. And I don't know if you've ever seen the bit, Carl, but when he walks up to the door, and I don't even Does know. Does go? He goes. Yeah. Okay. And and you watch it, and you're like, Oh no, that's not that good but at the that you like you probably shouldn't do that but at the same time like you're like that's kind of funny you know what i mean and i had a moment like that watching this movie and it's when that fucking it's when the old so they're gassing up thorndike's car but because 
all of the pit stops are run by Chinese crews. They're all in on the, we got to keep Thorndike real behind. Yeah, we got to bog down Thorndike. And they're, well, it's hilarious when Herbie pulls in and there's like 15 fucking, like there's a pit crew rolling on this car, man. And they're like, go, 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 go. And they get him out. Meanwhile, like Thorndike's got one gallon of gas in his car. Gong. Yeah. But it's when he tries to pull away. And he pulls away and they've chained his car to the pump and they're like, you can't go yet. Your car's not full. And the old man, dude, it's like, it's bad, but it's, I, it was the physical comedy. The physical comedy of this old man is fucking on point. Cause he like just dodders <laughs> over. Like if any dust hits him, it'll peel his skin off. You yeah. know, like he's old man. And he gets to this, the, like the rear gas cap. And watching him try to get the fucking, like, he's got his little gas spigot, and they're like, here's, and here's the, like, gas hole, and it's, he can't. <laughs> it's like all around, oh, 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 it's in, it's in, and then he, like, starts pumping the gas again, it's like, clug, tick, clug, tick, just watching the, like, shaky hand fail to get the fucking spigot into the... He just goes around the world a he's, few times yeah, and he's just, rims it. Just can't... This tank is just befuddling this guy. <laughs> and, oh, my God, it is just, like... I'm screaming. I'm yeah. screaming laughing. It is so fucking funny. But then my note is, this is hilarious, but, yeah, this is iffy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Those are a lot of my notes, so too. So much. You know, Carl, your picks for the last two months, they've really, like... I'm learning a new set of skills yeah. in movie watching where I'm like, all right, I can laugh, I can laugh, got to stop laughing. Yeah, <laughs> I picked a, like a lot of stuff was like pre-1980. You did. I, I, I love watching the old stuff. I just feel like we've had a really interesting run of like specifically similar problematic material, which yeah. actually, you know what? When you put all of that into a, a podcast that you put out, you can start to see patterns emerge amongst years. This was clearly a problem that America had yes. to deal with, bro. Um, and it's not all about, obviously it's not all about that. This movie's worth, it's worth watching peeps. I'm coming around on it. Yeah, like, you are. The The more we're talking, the more we, I mean, it's just a, well, I said earlier, I'll, I'll watch it again, Yeah, but it's, it's n- just, it's really boring in the first, the first hour is kind of a slog. Once we get, once we get the new race owner and we get to the, the final race, it's, it's a lot of fun. I honestly, and there are buddy, any, any scene with buddy Hackett is great. Personally, for me, like this movie is worth the price of rental just for and there's lots of other stuff like I, I like a lot of the dialogue. Buddy Hackett's very funny. Um, you know, the story's cool, but really, man, it is the stunts that you want to be here for. Like when the tires fall off or the front front left tire falls off and they have Buddy Hackett or stunt person. They have uh, two counterbalancing. Stunt, they have the car. stunt people counterbalancing the car. So it's riding on three. And then when they they oh no they put that big like metal tire on it yes. later but to actually it's watch it's a wagon wheel at one point I think well there's a there's a and we've all seen the car drive on two wheels it's pretty cool but mm-hmm. it, but you know what like it's not to be blasé about that that's a cool fucking stunt to it see a car driving is. up on two that's sweet and there's a moment where Herbie is on two wheels on a cliff's edge and it's a wide shot and mm-hmm. you're like that they With did someone. F- Three quarters of the way out the door, leaning back to counterbalance, holding on to another stunt person's hands to keep the car up off of its. They're straight. They did it. 
Yeah. Because it's 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 a wide, and I'm not seeing a map painting. They were straight up like, let's go on to location. It's a da- very and dangerous. Even if they stunt. are on a control, let's say, just for the sake of argument, that they were on a controlled set, and somehow they were able to composite in that they were on the cliff's edge. Even in that environment, if that stunt goes wrong, yeah. those stunt people are crushed under a fucking One car. One of them's dead for sure. If that car oversteers onto its passenger side door, the dude hanging out that side is, is dead. under the car. Absolutely done for. And the other two are probably not in good shape either. Yeah. You know, like it's a it's, wild fucking stunt. It is a man. cool ass stunt, man. I have I have no complaints about the stunt work in this movie. It's top tier driving. It's not like And it doesn't bog you down like a mad mad long long movie does because no. it, I feel like it's it stay it doesn't overstay its welcome too much marzipan in that right. movie dude like oh my god it, the the most fucked up thing about that about mad mad waste of time was they were, the stunts were all all every top single tier. one every yeah. one is so great but when they show you 20 in a row it doesn't matter how fucking awesome the stunt is you're just watching like 10 minute stunt yeah. reel and you're like i'm i'm getting burned out yeah. just watching you got to give me like a some a small sip. It can't all be stunts. I actually felt that this movie paced the stunts out pretty yeah. well. If only they just trimmed some of the non-stunt stuff out. <laughs> um, so there was a moment where I was like, oh, late in the movie, Carl, where I thought I was having a Neo moment. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, man. It's not the car. There is something to this. Jim is also a factor. Because Herbie can drive him, it, it's itself. It's a car, I suppose. So he can drive it. it. It can drive itself, but not very well. So the Jim's driving talents feed into. Oh wait, no, no. Jim is a fucking moron. <laughs> yeah, there you who go. Who <laughs> thinks that an elevator smaller than a VW Bug is a reasonable part of a Baja race? There's a moment in this where they drive into a mine. They straight up drive into a mine, and Jim is like. He's like, this must be the tunnel. Oh, we've we've come to an elevator. All right, let's get the car into the elevator. It doesn't fit. All right, well, what do we do? And let's put it in Tip there vertically. Yeah. <laughs> Jim, do you not think that maybe this is not part of the course? It, we're probably we've gone astray. I don't think that we're on the course anymore. Right. We're in a mine shaft. But there's more to go. There's an elevator here. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah, but it, the car doesn't fit in the elevator, Jim. Well, we're, we're at the elevator though, and it's like, oh, you're. You've got some real, real issues dumb. that you need to work through, man. Like we shouldn't be letting Most you drive. Most of them aren't fixable. No, you're just <laughs> broken. You're just fucked, dude. Like if you think that they, they're like, you know how I'll really stump those drivers? They got to get their cars into an elevator that's too small for cars and not strong enough. I don't enough. think he's actually a race car driver. <laughs> I think he escaped from Bellevue or yeah, something. Yeah, it's like, like a, <laughs> <laughs> he's like. He just like he killed this guy named Jim and assumed yes. his life, and they're like, you know, he looks. There's a lot of evidence to support that. <laughs> yeah, his driving went way downhill very suddenly. Hmm. Violent mood swings. <laughs> a demonic car imprints on him. You know, dude, we should just recut this movie with like some voiceover that explains. Oh yeah. In the opening sequence, it's like, and Jim Steinmeier was a magician who was also a fantastic race car driver. But then <laughs> he's great, dude. He's oh, totally great. <laughs> great close up. Great, 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 great close up. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful bar magic. Wonderful close up cards. Check him out, guys. S T E I N M E Y E R. The sawed up spare tire was pretty cool. Yeah. 
I, they do that a couple times in this movie where like someone will reach for something and it falls into pre-cut pieces and I'm like that's pretty funny even the t- the cactus like with when that one car hits the two cactus and they blow apart into identical cut ch- like chop shapes that is pretty stupid but something about how stupid it is endeared it me yeah to it. absolutely like, someone went out there and they cut that cactus into pieces and then put it back all together. the gags fall under that sort of goofy that the, they're goofy they are. They're, they're. I didn't have anything more to say than than that. No, but Goofy's a good. Goofy's cartoony. A, okay, I didn't mention it, but honestly, earlier when when her when Herbie's got the like the weird like whipped cream whipping cream in the gas tank, th- whoever did the mechanical effects on that car, where like the tires are all fucking canted, oh, all weird. Yeah, and the, as the car's going, it's got that like. It's that it's that old old Disney cartoon like jalopy where it's like the hoods coming up, parts falling off, and it's lurching big wobbly wheels. And it it the car that more than almost any other moment in this is when Herbie felt actually alive to me. Right, you know, because it's like he's he's sick and he's lurching around and he's and and again it's that the mechanical effect where that front tire is at a 45 degree angle and then it like straightens itself up to hydraulically lift the car it's it's a very very cool bit of mechanical like puppetry it's like car puppetry dude i loved that um disney movies have always been pretty fucking dark eh because draping dead herbie in a black cloth yeah no that that was true with a lot of those i mean even the last page Close the book. It's fucking dark, and then Fuckin turns off the light. Turns off the light while people are still there. The and they drape still a in here. death shroud over the car, and then they all sit and like are bummed. And watching this movie, I'm like, Jesus. forty minutes left in this. Everything. Oh man, Pollyanna, freaking the Parent Trap. Mary Poppins gets real dark. It's all Toy they Story all 3. have like fucking. That's a whole other. Wally. Okay. Up. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's just like. But I think that the that exists King. to make the that's Shakespeare's fault. Continue, sorry. But that's where the, that's where the balance comes in. That's why it doesn't feel overly saccharine because there are stakes, and that you you're shown that there is like a darkness to it. So then when you come out of it, it's like, oh my god! Now there's a bear in the car, and I, you can laugh. <laughs> you know, man. Um, I think the stakes are what because again, like as as we're talking, I'm like. It's not a bad movie. No, it isn't. It's it's a I'm going to say it's it's like on the good side of totally fine. Like I would think that is a very apropos. Yeah, but like apropos? That is not apropos. I don't know what I think apropos is. That's not. I mean, does it mean related to? Like yeah, apropos of nothing? Yeah, that is not what the word I wanted. It's appropriate. What it is appropriate. My, that's, there was a pro- another proper sort of. My analogy was appropriate. Yes. I don't even know if it was an analogy, but the point is. <laughs> my brain is so fucking fried right now. I know. you. It's been a day. It's been a month. The, the morning episodes are just like exuberance because the coffee's hitting, but the episodes when you've just got off the winery and you're chilling in my living room are just like. Yeah, man, Herbie's kind of fucked up. No, oh, I feel like I haven't been like that. <laughs> no, no, you're good. You're good. Well, I'm but getting I, there now. I get yes, it's definitely sleepy o'clock. But also, this movie's kind of sleepy o'clock. Yes, a it little is. Bit. Um, you stood up for it. Okay, all right. Now here was another part that I had some problems with. Now, so Michelle Lee's chilling, and she looks over at Jim, and she's like, and he's like, well, out of all the, out of all the people in all this world, why would, why would that little car? 
because it's dead at this point. Herbie's dead, and they're fucking mourning it, and it's trash. They're in the dark. It's pretty harsh. And he's like, why would a little car who was me? Oh, thousands of people in the world. And it's like, Jim, there's more than thousands of people in the world. <laughs> no, this, I read a census once. I was, thousands. I was on Breitbart, and they said there's only thousands of people because all the other people aren't really It was people. 1968. There were probably only thousands of people. Yeah, I guess the population yeah. boom. That was more like the like the nineties with the tech companies. There's probably like at that point in the nineties, I bet there was probably millions. Probably, you think? Probably easily millions of Couple people. Couple of millions of people yeah. on the planet for sure. Two, three million. At least. And then when you, the millennium came around Millions. That's where you get the the no it's mil it's hmm. I'm hundreds of millions at that right. point, right? Because that's what millennium means. And any day now we're gonna we're gonna crack a billion. God, I'm positive. Dude, I know the it's like it's almost, can't sustain a billion. That's almost people. too big a number to contemplate. But uh how many numbers are in a billion? Like three, six, a, nine, twelve. A billion. 13, more than a billion 15? if you count them in order. And and count each integer as its own unique. If you think of a number of as containing all of the numbers that precede that are Carl, in it, yeah. then I don't know if a mathematician would be a although maybe I don't you know what? We're this is, is that what the this algorithm is gonna fuck is? if you go any further down this rabbit hole, I'm gonna get like it's gonna, gonna fuck me up. Out, it's they? gonna yeah, fuck I'll, me up. Like, I'll close the door on that I'm one like, right now. Do large numbers actually contain, contain all, all the, the numbers, numbers that precede them? them? Because if such is the case <laughs> That's you're gonna think about that Don't, longer than you're comfortable with. For sure, dude. As yeah. soon as you leave, I'm gonna be like, all right. Now you're gonna I, you're gonna Google or YouTube some shit. I'm like, I know how to solve this. Ching, ching, ching. Google. Hey, <laughs> hey Jeeves. <laughs> it is the the early two thousands. Yeah, well who I no one uses Google. That's an evil company. You can trust an English Ask butler. <laughs> Um, or Bing. I was just gonna. I was gonna make a Bing joke, but I'm like, we've been on search engines long enough. Um, here is the line that I have issues with. It's Michelle Lee turns and, and he's like, "Why did this car pick me out of all the thousands of people in the world?" And she goes, "You stood up for it once. I guess it felt you were worth belonging to. I understand that." Mm. I'm like, "Oh, Michelle Lee, you don't belong to anybody, girl." Nope. Nope. Especially not this fucking whiny little bitch who's made incorrect choices the entire way. He's a washed up driver. It's I think all the Danielle car. said, "Okay, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of yeah. where I was at too." And it's it's just near the end, so you're like, "Oh man, the movie has." We almost made it. <laughs> I know. I'm like, it was a bumpy ride. We definitely lost some tires. Man, we got out with of the, the woods, though, man. With, yeah, we, we made it. Yeah, man. That that weird patch of Asian stuff. Really ripped some shit off the car, but I can see the finish line. Oh, women are property. Yeah, that's well, well, shit. everything's in flames now. Yeah. <laughs> the world, all the thousands of people in it are burning now. Uh, uh, <laughs> up and running. Oh, here it is. Up and running again. I postulate Herbie is the mechanical child of Christine. Mm -hmm. Um, okay, man. Stunt driving through the walls of Whiskey Townville was pretty fucking sweet. Yeah. It was like akin to. I did also write little snoozy at like the end of that. Blues Brothers going through the mall. Fuck yeah, dude! There was. You know what? It made me think of. Remember the famous, the famous Buster Keaton stunt where they yes, they the, drop the, the, the flat. Yeah, yeah, and he has to stand in exactly the right spot or he dies. Or die. Yeah, dude. Still to this day, that that stunt. Yeah, still to this nuts, day dude. will it's give me nuts. chills all over my body. 
that is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. That house drop, that's amazing. Um, but also very cool is watching someone drive a VW Bug through doorways that are literally like six There's inches no wider space than the between, car. Yeah. Beautiful stunt driving. Dude, it's been in season two. No, yeah. In season two, I felt like, or no, season three. No, I'm sorry. We did the quarantine tapes most recently. Yeah. There was a pandemic that happened. Yes, that was season three. The the quarantine tape stuff that Bird and I watched was kind of lacking in stunts, and I ha- I didn't even really notice until we watched Herbie, and then I was like, I oh, missed stunts. stunt driving. Holy, and dude, it is only the first episode of Automobile. So many more. We get fucking three more movies of crazy stunt driving. Well, we get two more movies of crazy stunt driving, and then one with a uh, vending machine that shoots cans out of it. But that's just as cool. That's just as cool. That's as cool as a guy literally risking his life <laughs> to do some insane stunt driving. Um, more sentient vehicles too. Couple times. Yeah. Mostly sentient Mostly vehicles. Mostly sentient vehicles. So it's three sentient vehicles and a movie that has James Taylor in the lead. Yeah. This is a wild month. Uh, This is a fucking wild month. Um, I don't know if you've spun Tulane Blacktop yet. Not yet. I did a long time ago. Because after Death Proof came out, I watched every single movie that they... Like that mentions yeah like Tulane Blacktop Crazy Ma- Crazy Larry Mary Harry Mary or whatever <laughs> Faster Pussycat Kill Kill is another yeah. good uh, car flick as is um the Pom Pom Girls has one of the cr- I think it's the Pom Pom Girls has one of the craziest games of chicken I've ever seen Insane. on film it's amazing and it's this oh. low budget shit from the 80s or 70s but um yeah, man. Uh, we popped in. We were out at camp. We didn't end up watching the whole thing, but I was like, bro, you got to watch just the beginning of this for my brother. We ended up watching uh, Gorn in Vietnam, but we put in Tulane. My Criterion Blu-ray of Tulane Blacktop mm. started watching it, and I was just waiting because Sam is a huge James Taylor fan, and it starts, and they're dry. You know, like we get our opening shots, and I'm watching Sam's face, and Sam's like immediately like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And then like, I think it was maybe like 10 minutes into the movie, Sam goes, Oh, I've seen fire and I've seen rain. <laughs> yes. I'm like, that is exactly who that is. Good eye, Tulane bro. blacked up. That's the drug run, right? Where he's got to make it from like Chicago to L.A. The and... listeners are going to have to tune in, Carl. Oh. In in, uh, in a couple of weeks on the main season. I mean, that is it for Herbie. Yep. <laughs> for the love bug. Sorry, guys. It's it was it was pretty all right. Yeah. It, look, if you're like a if if this is your jam, if you have Disney Plus. Give, it, give a it a spin. It's great when you're high. Yeah, it's really fun on when you're when you're high, just because like the sentient car stuff and yeah. the, like the the goofy bears and cars. Yeah, the bears and cars stuff. And then there, if you want to get weird, Buddy Hackett talking about singularities it can get kind of trippy. It's it's a good one. It's totally fine. Yep. Yeah, I, I dig agree it. A thousand percent. I think that the next three are better. Oh, by <laughs> leaps and bounds, good sir. All right, so uh, for all of you, actually, really quick, and oh, okay, there is one downside to this. I did not, and we're a little, we're a little off because I we haven't done an episode in a hot second. And I don't even have it, so never mind. We're gonna thank the patrons next time. Sorry, everybody. But we, we still thank wait a you. Wait a minute. No, never mind. I have a list. He has a list. I have a list. So there. I think this list is complete. I really hope it is. If we forget your name, it's it's because I'm a piece of shit. Fair enough. Straight up. I'm just gonna call you Thorndike from now on. I'm a I'm a bit of a bit of a, You're a bit of a twat. 
All right, well, I suppose we have to thank a few people. I suppose we'll... Why don't we start If we with, must, we must. I suppose I'll start with... Uh, I, I think I'll start with somebody that I could consider part of my social circle, Carl. Oh, the one that smells like a wet fart. Yes, wet fart, Connor Sweeney. In the dampest of farts. Thank you for your support. You're, you're like a pair of clinging underwear. After a brisk walk in high humidity heat on a June like day. Like a hot quiff. Yes. <laughs> yes. But we do appreciate you sometimes. Thank you so much. We'd also like to thank two of our friends over in... Um, they, are, they live somewhere. It doesn't really matter. Uh, Casey Scheibe. Thank mm. you for your support, Casey. Your glitter fascination fascinates me to no end. John. John Scheibe as well. I'd like to thank you. There, the photographer. Takes pictures he does. There, I'm told Landscapes and portraits. Mostly, yes. Yes. Staircases, uh, elevators. Mostly haunting things. Giraffes. I've never seen a giraffe. You're lying now. Sea creatures. Again. I've seen a La- photograph... Sim- simply not true. An empty bassinet that was quite breathtaking. John is a painter. He paints mostly with light using his camera. Daniele Hartelli, on the I other hand. I am married to not her. Yes, Daniele Hartelli is a fine artist as well in her own right. She likes to use her butt cheeks but- to create <laughs> art. <laughs> butt cheek artist. Uh, we've also got Kellen Mike Wagner. Ah, is that Wagner? Yes. Yes. Classical musicians, both of both. them. Both. Yes. Classically trained. She, she. One on the harpsichord, the other on the lute, I believe. Lute, is it? I heard that Kelly was now playing sousaphone. Oh, it's a sackbutt, actually. Sackbutt? It's <laughs> the earlier form of the trombone. Speaking of sackbutt, thank you, David Rowney. <laughs> you fucking twat. <laughs> Sack-butting twat. It's been too long since we've seen you. That's mostly... Stop killing people. We need you to stop flaying hay faces in your dining room. It wrecks all of our dinner parties. It makes it uncomfortable (laughs) and awkward for all of us. Mostly we feel bad for your wife. I feel like I'm kind of doing a little bit of like a Rocky Horror Picture show. Like <laughs> more and more. A little bit we're getting more and more. Frankenfurter. Like Frankenfurter, It's yeah. like gradually turning into. Uh, yes. Well, yeah. I'd love to thank Brian Jackson. Uh, Brian Jackson. He's lost uh, an, an, an incredible amount of weight. He's working on doing a marathon uh, through Norte. Uh, you should go and support him. Find him on Facebook. Throw him some change. How can people support Brian Jackson, darling? I don't know. <laughs> His feet smell like old cheese. <laughs> From all the running, of Brian course. Brian Stilton Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> we'd, lo- we'd also love to thank William Havati Rockwood. <laughs> <laughs> they all have cheese names. <laughs> A goat cheese would be too obvious. (laughs) Sarah Velveeta. (laughs) (laughs) No, Carl, you've mispronounced it. It's 
Sarah Velvetar. Velvetar. The, the velvet voice. Actually, can we take a moment? I know yeah. he's not a patron, but can we take a moment to appreciate fucking Jeremy's like 80s glam rock, rock and roll Jesus voice that he's developed? Christ, man. The dude can fucking sing. Oh my man. God. We were over there for the 420 party. And, and he's you like, know. Man, I, see, I Lord knew, Jesus. I knew that he'd like, I, that he was a great singer. He was, I've seen him, I've seen him sing, I've seen him act. He's yeah. phenomenal. But I think during the pandemic, he just was like, "It's time to take this to the next level." Right. I'm living on. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna master the complete works of Bon Jovi, possibly Bad Company. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible, dude. <laughs> His Bon Jovi is like pretty goddamn good. Um. So Bert and I were a little intimidated because, you know, we we are kind of hangout hermit type people. But you and Sarah and Jeremy and Daniele are all uh, a musical family. So when yeah. you all started singing like four part harmonies in the couch facing us at us, I was like, I shouldn't have just smoked with Carl. This is like a lot. But luckily, you were right behind me on that hill. Yeah, and I was, dude. <laughs> I was on the radio calling an air support. <laughs> like somebody get me out of here. Oh my god. If we're in a hot LZ, bro, we gotta keep going. <laughs> we have got to thank uh Kevin Manchego Ramirez. Um over in he's in He's in Baltimore. Baltimore. I don't know what this accent is now. I don't either. It is not something I should be doing. French. We're somewhere Ah uh, yes. We are in Europe somewhere. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin Ramirez, for your support. K Ram Ram Jam Ramirez. The Ram Jam Ring Dong. Bro, I was thinking about Wrestler the other day. That was a mm, good The Ram movie. Jam. We yeah, should watch that again. It was one of our first. That was season, season zero. zero. Dude, The Wrestler. Yeah. Primo flick. You can check out season zero for free over on patreon.com slash quill and film. Q-U-I-L-L-A-N-D-F-I-L-M. That is where you get these shout outs on the show like That's right. You just get us mangling your name and giving you like cheese names. Insulting names. (laughs) (laughs) Calling you a hot quiff and twat. All right, but we uh, we do have to, and I think we should should both do the live long and prosper salute while I say Mm. the following. We would like to thank for forever. In perpetuity, Jeffrey Tiberius Morgan for yes. services to the realm and to the galaxy. Thank you, Jeffrey Morgan. Um, we also have Leslie Ty. Um, she's been a dude. She's been a patron for a hot second. She I was looking at the list the other day, and I was like, we have got some long haul truckers in here, which yeah. I fucking love. Yeah, and artists in their in not in their own right, just fucking incredible artists and writers and directors speaking, and like pretty awesome people. Speaking of. Pretty awesome people and incredible artists. Um, we'd love to thank Cassandra down in uh, down, down in, in Florida. Florida. Yeah, hope, I hope you found gas for your car this last couple of days. Yeah, there's been there's been some. The news is not good. No, it hasn't been. It's been bad like all the time for a year. But dude, a couple days ago. I was chilling on the couch and Bird was like, holy shit. And I'm like, what? And she goes, go to Washington Post. And I'm like, what? What's going on? And that footage. The gas. That fucking yeah, footage, dude. dude, from Israel-Palestine. That That is the the rocket fucking attacks. Oh, that's insane. Very intense. The yeah. bombings. You see, like, watching buildings fall on the Gaza Strip is 
there hasn't been violence like this since before I was born. Right? Yeah. When, when was the last? Talking about that shit, like Desert Storm, Desert Shield shit, was like that. Man. Is that the last big? No, I'm bad at this kind. No, of No, there's history, more. I mean, but the, there's the, been flare-ups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always. But the, the one that I, that comes to mind for me is always going to be like that Desert Storm. Um, when the Patriot missile was brand new and shit, and it was just like bombings, and it was nuts, man. They I, they showed like news and shit in school. I mean, we've had a lot of like drone strikes and shit, and like right. there's been bombings and. I, I remember there was <clears> a yeah, lot. That's there pretty, was there, this is pretty rowdy. Yeah, that's anybody who's tuning in. This will be a couple weeks down this. Uh, this might be a week down the stream from the the day we recorded, but man, I'm hoping that I'm hoping this chills out. This yeah. is that's a that's a bad situation over there. Um, sorry, Cassandra. We didn't yeah, even turn shit all over here. <laughs> what I wanted to say about Cassandra wasn't that, you know, she always you reminds me of war in war the Middle and, East. Yeah. You know, no. Um, Cassandra has a phenomenal podcast. Yeah, called, she does. Called Cassandra explains it all. Um, it's fucking good. She's got. She does a lot of interviews. She mostly covers like nostalgic '90s shit. Um, she's one of the only podcasts that I actually actively listen to right now. Yeah, I've, I'd like most of the time, you know, be like, I listen to a couple political ones. I'm like, these are too heavy. I do a movie podcast. I want to hear so about take... Bear in the Big Blue House. Fuck I yeah, listen dude. to Cassandra. Like... <laughs> the Bear in the Big Blue House one's good. Like, um, she does episodes of like, Are You Afraid of the Dark and yep. stuff, which I, I love. And if you've never listened to her show or you're just coming to this show for the first time, um, Bird and I, my beautiful, wonderful wife, Bird, we've been over on Cassandra's show to talk about Scream, and we are going to be back on her show in the next month or two. I love it. I believe to talk about Witches of Eastwick, and Cassandra will be popping up on our show this season as well. We've got a couple of uh, a couple of selections that she has been trying to get us to talk about since uh, season one. So yeah, so we're gonna be skyping her in, and we'll That's get awesome. we'll we'll get her Looking on the show. Forward to it. And also, thank you to Cynthia Van Manen, um, and fine. Oh my God! Every time I see this name, we'd like to thank Baloney Shoes. Baloney Shoes. Baloney. American Gouda Shoes. American Gouda Shoes. Gouda Shoes. Baloney Gouda Shoes. <laughs> it's got a ring to Those it. Those are some good issues. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! And with that, folks, we will we will ride off into the sunset. Yeah, on two two wheels with bird hanging out of the car and trying to get to the bridge. Get to the time bridge to in time to, in time to, <laughs> to shoot people that are trying to commit suicide. Oh, if you want to continue to follow along um, with this month, we're doing Automobile. It's all films about cars, car centric flicks. Um, if you want to watch the next one before we talk about it, the next episode is going to be over on patreon.com slash quill and film. Um, that is going to be for our patrons, uh, patron exclusive episodes. So if you want to catch, catch, uh, catch that episode, get in on the fun, head on over there and find out more. If you want to just keep listening to the main season, don't even sweat it. What we're going to be talking about on Patreon is Christine. What? But then in two weeks time, we'll be back on the main season talking about Tulane Blacktop. I'm so excited about both these flicks. Dude, I know. We gotta, we gotta get going. We're almost through May. Gorgeous classic. I need a. 
I need like just spend. We need to have like a weekend together. We need. I know. <laughs> we I go know. spend a spend a, spend a weekend somewhere. I've, and I've just been like in do the yes, dude. Like I've been in the UP. In a row. I've been up in the UP twice in the last week, and you have been, I believe, chained in a dungeon. Yeah, for about the, the same amount of dungeon. time. Yeah, right. So uh, we'll be coming back at you with those two. I'm not going to spoil the last movie for this month because it's fucking good. Um. So yeah, stay tuned. Keep listening. Thank you so much for listening. And um, flip a coin. Flip a coin. Heads watch Herbie. Tails watch something else. <laughs>